0: Hey listeners, before we get started, if you're enjoying these episodes, you can actually check them out on YouTube in full video. You can just search "Honesty Commerce" and you'll get pulled right to our channel. Make sure you
1: subscribe and ring the bell for all the updates. Starting with what questions or assumptions or hypotheses are you trying to prove true or false? And make sure that you, are, you have tracking for that and answer those questions. And don't get distracted by everything else that you could be doing in GA.
0: Welcome to Honest Ecommerce, a podcast dedicated to cutting through the BS and finding actionable advice for online store owners. I'm your host, Chase Clymer. And I believe running a direct to consumer brand does not have to be complicated or a guessing game. On this podcast, we interview founders and experts who are putting in the work and creating real results. I also share my own insights from running our top Shopify consultancy, Electric Eye. We cut the fluff in favor of facts to help you grow your e-commerce business. Let's get on with the show. Hey, everybody! Welcome back to another episode of Honesty Commerce. Today, we're welcoming to the show the founder and CEO of Elevar. They power server-side conversion tracking for direct consumer brands on Shopify and Shopify Plus that need accurate data to make strategic decisions. Brad, welcome to the show.
1: Awesome! Thanks for having me, Chase.
0: Uh, I'm excited to get into it, and I'm excited that uh, it's now working. We had some technical difficulties, <laughs> but we we persevered, yeah. and here we are.
1: Yeah, awesome. 100% my fault. Thunderstorm just came through here, so it's probably throwing some Wi-Fi out of, out of whack. But we're on, so we're good. We're good. All right. So uh, just quickly, uh, can you talk about Elevar? Like, what's
0: the product? Like, what's the problem it's solving? I kind of shared a little bit there, but yeah. Um, give me the the, the layman's terms of, of what you guys are doing.
1: Yep. Yeah. two main things two main goals. Number one, we ensure that every marketing channel, i.e. a Facebook, Pixel, a Google Analytics, a GA4, TikTok, etc. But every marketing destination or analytics tool that you connect through Elvar receives 100% of conversions. And we do that through the server-side tracking connection with Shopify. Number two is that every conversion that we send to those platforms contains the maximum amount of attribution data associated with that so the platform can then do its matching back to a customer matching clicks to conversions etc so by attribution data that could be cookie values like the fbc fbp cookie for facebook or utm parameters or click ids for affiliates etc that's the those are the two main things that we focus and obsess obsess over and uh obviously a lot of nuance but that's the uh the layman's example of what we do
0: no absolutely so Take me back in time. I'm assuming uh, you know conversion tracking and data sharing wasn't like uh, you know what you woke up and wanted to do one day. How'd you end up here?
1: Yeah. So Elevar started. So the pre-Elevar, this is my second SaaS startup in the world of ecom and analytics. But um, Elevar started solving a problem in between where in my previous career at at an agency we were. We designed, developed, and optimized sites for mid to large retailers, primarily back then was Magento, Enterprise, and and Demandware, and then Salesforce, but kept running into the same problem of, okay, we're trying to pull all this data from Google Analytics and analyze it and slice and dice it to provide insights and a strategic report to our customers to help them build a roadmap on what to execute on that's going to drive the most value. And that reporting, and I'm sure you have a ton of experience with this as well, is pulling out the same data from analytics. It's literally the same reports. You're looking for the same nuggets. You're looking at the same landing page by device, et cetera, et cetera. So Elevar was immediate, immediate Immediate thought was, we should be able to automate this because by the time some a person pulls that data out, does the analysis, puts it into a deck... Presents it to the uh, customer or brand. The brand reviews it with their team. They make decisions on yes, let's move forward. It's 30 days later, so you're you are essentially making decisions based on data that's really old and stale. So Elevar sought out the for our beta product. We just ingested all of your Google Analytics data. We had a bunch of algorithms where we slice and dice, just looking for essentially pass fail. And we'd say, hey, these 20 things are wrong with GA. Like here, here's your High exit pages with very low, low page value that have a high number of sessions. So trying to just help that analysis part where we ended up hitting some friction was while the concept was great, most, more than 50% of our customers were just like, Well, this is great, but I don't trust my data. I know my data is, is inaccurate. I don't know if this is an explicit podcast or not but yeah go for it. <laughs> uh anyway, so yeah, I don't I don't trust my data so I don't really trust the insights that you're providing me because it's being based on that inaccurate data. So then we said, "All right, well, we got to solve this problem." By the, back then it was a little bit of a mix of Magento and Shopify. So then we said, "All right, let's create a Google Tag Manager app that we we know can just automate everything that we need in terms of a data foundation for GA, and that'll help solve the problem of getting that accurate data. And that just kept leading to more and more. Well, GA is not accurate. Facebook's not accurate. Google ads conversions aren't accurate, etc. And honestly, just working closely with our customers, listening to them and hearing quotes like, I will literally pay you $500 every month for the rest of my life if my Google ads conversion tracking never breaks again because it just broke and it cost me $30,000 and that can't happen again. So we just kept going deeper and deeper and deeper and solving this problem and which kept uncovering more problems and with the world privacy changes and browser changes, which is making tracking more and more difficult and complex. It's just... It's like the never-ending road and uh, that onion that just keeps having more and more layers. So we actually sunset the original and data analysis part of our product this year. So we we no longer do that analysis inside our app and just focus on tracking.
0: Absolutely. So in going back to the beginning you know you were essentially automating reporting at the end of the day was a very simple way to and that's how it started and then you guys just kept iterating and pivoting yeah. based upon the feedback you were getting from your customers
1: yeah exactly
0: that's wild and i think that uh every time google analytics comes up when i'm talking with with customers or prospects leads etc on on the agency side of things it's just they immediately are like yeah it's probably not right <laughs> and yeah it's like okay well that's a good place to start let's get this in in better shape and then yeah. once you get that data in better shape um i think one of the other biggest pain points for uh, just people that own e-commerce businesses that are out there is they don't know what to do with the data. No one's actually looking at the data. Nobody's yeah. making insights from the data.
1: Yeah, and that honestly, if I were to pull all of our customers, I don't think the vast majority of any site out there is it is going to say yes. My Google Analytics is one hundred one hundred one hundred percent accurate, and that's just the reality that we're especially going forward with privacy restrictions. That's just that's our reality, historically, and that's going to be the reality going forward. Uh, the Where we've seen brands really excel with GA or, or agencies that are, are doing the analysis on behalf of brands is don't just open up Google Analytics every day just trying to pick a path to go down. And you just go in deeper because you're gonna you're gonna end up in a black uh, to like the black hole where you just can't keep going deeper and deeper. And then an hour later, you're like, I don't even know what I was looking for. I don't really have any insights to share. So it's it's more of taking the okay, what are, what's the foundational data that we need to have in place, whether it's transactions, your enhanced e-commerce reports, if you rely on the product performance reports in GA or landing pages by campaign, etc. But then it's the what questions do I need GA to answer for us today, this week, this quarter? this year potentially and make sure your tracking is set up to answer those questions so if and that's going to vary by role especially once you get into an org- organization where you have product owners for email and retention product owner for Facebook product owner for, owner for Google ads and affiliates they, they will all have different use cases for what they need to get out of GA and many times they conflict and that that actually is part of the reason why I say if I were to pull all of our customers, vast majority probably would not say it's accurate because you're gonna have the product owner who owns SEO or, or organic traffic is going to think that paid search is cannibalizing organic and vice versa. So just those two alone, they're they're going to be competing on, well, I think attribution should be more weight heavily weighted towards organic because of these reasons that they they see. But anyway, so so going back to the questions, it's okay, I need to know whether Our product fit videos are working because we want to invest significant amount of of dollars and resources in the producing fit videos and and more professional videos outside of just UGC. Well, make sure you have tracking to understand are the current fit videos, are they working? Are they helping increase conversions? Are they decreasing conversions? Or if you think about UGC or you want to really push UGC out there and start pulling in customer content and customer videos and images that you can do through post Stamped, etc. Is that helping or hurting conversions if it's hurting then you want to know that so you you know not to promote that and feature that or or, or you're you are likely impacting your bottom line without really knowing it so that's the i guess starting with what questions or, or assumptions or hypotheses are you trying to prove true or false and make sure that you are you have tracking for that and answer those questions and don't get distracted by everything else that you could be doing in ga
0: Absolutely. That was like one of the number one pieces of advice uh, from uh, we had a, a CRO coach not too long ago. And it was like, you never open GA just to, to bounce around. It's like you go in there with a mission. Yeah. Uh, you have questions that you want to solve or, or uh, questions you want to try to solve with the data. Yeah. And it, it comes back from just always. Building hypotheses based upon user behavior, and now this yeah. is getting super into the CRO weeds on yeah. this. Uh, which I know you have a bunch of experience at the at the old agency with this stuff. Um, but yeah, it, once you get Google set up, it's don't just go bouncing around because yeah, you're just going to waste time. It's yeah. make sure that you have a mission, and, and yeah. we can maybe have another episode all about like yeah. what are what are those missions that people should should be having when they get into Google Analytics. Um, you kind of alluded to this ab- about Google. Analytics being uh, interesting, and the way I want to take this is like, what's coming up now is GA four. Yeah. Everybody currently is on Universal Analytics. Um, what's your thoughts, opinions, or, or hesitations about what's you know Google trying to move everybody to GA four? Basically, within the year.
1: Yeah, it's a loaded. Of... I could take the next forty minutes on, on that one. Uh... I have my suspicions of why this is. It was such a drastic. I mean, for Google, that's a pretty drastic change. Of is this is happening, basically, you got fourteen months to make that cutover. They've been in the middle of a lot of controversy in Europe with their data processing agreements and how data is flowing over the pond, so to speak. And they've been in lawsuits, and they've been deemed illegal in certain countries. And that has a trickle-down effect, not necessarily just for Google Analytics as a whole, but everything else in within the world of Google, whether it's within Google Ads, whether it's YouTube, whether it's their display network, AdSense, etc. So uh, one of mine, I think if I look at what Google ended up rolling out with Google Tag Manager, where I think it was August 2020, they released their server-side container type, where you could essentially spin up a Google Cloud platform and host your own GTM server-side container is that's one thing I've thought about with GA4 or just if we say Google Analytics is potentially start looking at how they can enable users in countries that have to follow very strict regulations is how can can they self-host that? That's pure conjecture. I literally have I don't have like an insider information, but it's more I'm I'm thinking uh, I the reason why I came to that one hypothesis is that just so much scrutiny is happening with privacy is is making analytics more of a DIY. You own it. It's it's not going to live in our servers where you don't know where everything's going. It could be your own servers. Or it could be ours, etc. So that's uh that's a little bit about why I think it's it's happening. It's just a privacy shift, and we're starting to see this with even even Shopify's new some of their new privacy changes and enforcements that they're having. Uh, But in terms of how it's going to impact tracking for all of us, not even just e-com brands is number one, the UI right now, 99.9% of users, they just find the UI unusable. And that could be... To me, it's not necessarily... It's not a, a knock on GA4. It's just time is our number one resource, all of us. We have a very finite amount of time and we don't have the time to spend 10x additional time that we've allocated for GA just to understand how to use GA4 because it doesn't look like UA, which is what we've all used for 10 to 15 years. So it's do I want to take 10 hours that I was planning on doing these other high lever initiatives for my business to just learn and maybe figure out GA4? So I think that's the the friction. That's going to be the friction over the next year But there are a lot of good things with ga4 their funnel builder their path explorer the just a way that you can send data makes it a lot more flexible to again if you know how to use it to extract insights Uh, so it's going to be a a steep learning curve for the next year and then there's going to be other resources like pre-built data studio reports that basically translates ga4 data into the old ua data so people can can self-orient as they transition away from ua but and um, again, like I said, I could go on for uh, 30, forty minutes just straight, but those are my initial thoughts on GA four.
0: Absolutely, I guess I'll ask your opinion as kind of a data expert. On our side, we've implemented GA four a few times now for clients, uh, and their immediate response is this data doesn't match. Yeah, and my response is okay. Like, there's nothing we can do about it. That's like, that is, it's set up the right way, but Google, the way that GA works is so different from Universal Analytics that it isn't going to match for a while.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's that is the number one question that we've been getting for years on it, even when we've been setting it up since it was called App Plus Web. But if you just take revenue, revenue in Universal Analytics is literally your net revenue. So you think about, Product line item revenue, plus shipping, plus taxes, minus discounts. That's your revenue metric and universal. In GA4, when you go into the, I think it's the performance tab, whatever reports on our performance, the revenue you see is a line item revenue. So you are seeing revenue for your line items. So just those two alone, they literally they're not they're not supposed to match. They are they are different metrics uh conversion rate probably as of this recording, there isn't actually a conversion rate metric in GA4. You have to create a calculated metric for that. Yes. Most people don't, you don't know that because you're you're you are uh blinded when you get into GA4 of just like, holy shit, where am I? Everything's new. And yeah, you just don't even realize the obvious. Like, how can I look at my source medium report and see conversion rate by source medium? You can't. So there's there's so many nuances. Bounce rate. So bounce rate and uh, engagement rate or the engagement session or engaged session. You can control how that's calculated in GA4. So you can say, well, I want an engaged session to be anyone who is on... Even if they visit one page, but if they've been on the page for more than 30 seconds, I want to view that as an engaged session. So that way you can split people that are less than 30 seconds greater than 30 seconds even if they just viewed one page and that you might ask why would i do that think about your your video sales letter landing pages or click funnel landing pages or uh uh the food babe she's they've they've in my opinion have had always had one of the the best uh experiences were very very long pages product pages where telling a story the problem etc and those you might if someone's on that page for 2 minutes but they exit that would be a bounce universe in universal analytics but in GA4 that would be an engaged session so that's that to me is it could be a, a very useful session to analyze understand understand what they're doing sync it to the google ads whatever else you might want to do anyway so there there's a lot of examples like that that they just yeah like you said they're not meant to match to ua
0: absolutely and it's also it isn't a final product yet, and they're going to be just mm-hmm. adding feature after feature, month after month, uh, to you know get it to such a better place before kind of the yeah the the date that they say isn't going to move again. So we'll, yeah. we'll see about that. But yeah. everyone's moving towards it. Everyone's going to be learning about it at the same time, uh, and you know hopefully we I can get some smart guests back on here to keep talking about it. We can all learn together about it. Yeah. Uh, Another big change that's happened now, this isn't in the future, this is this is kind of in the past, uh, was just how iOS 14, which basically started this whole privacy thing and brought attribution to the forefront of every e-commerce owner's mind. Yeah, how did that really change the game?
1: Well, iOS was if you actually have to go back to WebKit and the ITP, the internet. There's so many acronyms as acronym soup i can't get them all straight but the internet tracking prevention protocol something like that but essentially there was this this push for browsers so just think safari to say hey or anyone running webkit which is essentially your your uh, software within a browser but hey we are going to start limiting the tracking that known trackers like facebook can do so easy example like we're going to start automatically expiring their cookies over after seven days, where you used Facebook's cookie used to automatically expire after 90 days, which it does in Chrome today. And then that just started to snowball where it's like okay, we you can no longer load a script from uh, you know, like ever Everflow affiliate script and then have that script pass data to Snapchat and others and where essentially cross-site scripting. So that's really when, where we started to see these impact, actual tracking, whether it's analytics, Facebook, Facebook, et cetera. And then with iOS, when it came down to device, that was like the holy cow, this is real now because you can't actually, I mean, the device is basically a user. We all have these right next to us. So that's the, that was the like, all right, they're tripling down on data protection, data, data privacy, and we've seen the impact of that. So we'll continue to see that as we go forward with gdpr ccpa there's another version of ccpa that's rolling out for california and i think five more states and that's that is going to be the okay we we dealt with ios we figured out a way to you know either use an attribution tool or or mix our facebook and google analytics reporting and just get a sense of where we are but now the we're we're seeing the likely uh, impact of all these different tracking preventions is well now ga only has 60 percent of my conversions or google ads is missing 30 percent of my conversions what do i do with that and that's going to be a whole different it's going to be significantly more complex to solve that and uh again sh- there are some changes coming with shopify and the way they're allowing checkout tracking uh checkout tracking with their pick- new pixel api but that's going to be probably just as as uh Painful. I'll use the word painful from iOS. Likely just as painful as what we were seeing with the uh, post iOS changes with Facebook.
0: Now, does a solution such as server-side tracking uh, help to mitigate some of that data loss?
1: It can. Uh, but you have to be still have to be compliant. So the way right now we have integrations with OneTrust and CookieBot, um, Shopify's native uh, privacy widget. And basically, what these tools are doing. So if you just think how do people implement their cookie compliance or GDPR GDPR compliance? I sign up for OneTrust. OneTrust says, hey, drop the script on your site. It's gonna prompt, you know, allowing people to opt in or opt out to the four different main categories. Once people do that, then OneTrust will essentially output data in the network console saying, add storage for this category is true, for the marketing category is false, et cetera. And that is essentially where all of your trackers are supposed to read, read that and say, "Hey, I'm going to I'm um, Google Ads, I'm triggering my script, and I see that the ad storage for marketing is is not allowed. So it's up. Google Ads is then at that point they won't collect any cookie information. Or you can do the alternative. What we see a lot is if those are false. So if, if people opt out of tracking, then they block those scripts from being triggered. And this is where it gets really complicated and nuanced but so where server side tracking can can help it's not going to be like a, a silver bullet by any means but with server side tracking what you'll end up doing is so what basically what we do is we will read that output from one trust add that to the order or the shopify session and then you pass that with the integration to which is just, just in google analytics or some of the google properties you can still send data to those properties. But they are you are as long as you're sending the ad storage rules, then it's up to them to basically handle and and ignore ignore any any of that additional data they're not supposed to receive. There's a lot of nuances in there. I don't know how how deep you want to get into that, but the shorter answer is: server-side tracking can help in that scenario where, by default, if your OneTrust is blocking all scripts unless someone says allow all, server-side tracking can still help pick up your orders and activities. And then pass along that same opt out that OneTrust has, and you pass that in with your tracker, and then the tracker knows to, you know, ignore et cetera. But that's gonna it's gonna differ every brand depending on their you know, how how tight they want to be with compliance and legality. They're gonna have different ways to go about that, but that's in general.
0: Yeah, and it's definitely such a, a wild west right now. Uh, you know, just. Attribution data, all this stuff—it's it, it, been a while around, you know, forever, but it now it's kind of getting more to the forefront of a more general internet user is learning about these things. Where it used yeah. to just be like a technical marketer knew about it, yeah. Um, and and I think that there's going to be definitely things are going to be happening from a legal perspective even you know nationally down to state level and then also internationally like you've yeah. already seen Europe is like at the forefront of this stuff too so yeah. it's going to be interesting to watch and you you kind of alluded to it, but there isn't like a right answer yet no um and it's going to be a, probably a while till we get there
1: if you just look at how marketing platforms name their pixels so you have the Facebook pixel the Google Ads tag The TikTok, again, they all have different names, which if they name everything differently, you can just imagine their implementations being different as well. So Google Ads has... They rolled out their consent mode, which is a setting that you can pass in their tag, which again, allows you to send transaction data so you can still get some attribution. But they essentially are... Those users are excluded from being in, in the remarketing pool.
0: Well, let's let's shift years here. Let's talk about things that we can do, uh, <laughs> and
1: one of them being everyone from that last segment. When we get into the weeds on uh, GDPR and privacy, everyone's like, "All right, I'm out of here. This stuff is is boring."
0: Well no 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 you know you're very insightful and that's kind of what I want to talk about yeah. here. You also have a podcast. Let's pitch that real quick. Where where do people go uh to learn more about kind of this conversion tracking stuff and kind of what's going on?
1: Yeah, it's just It's easy. The name is called the Conversion Tracking Playbook Podcast and literally all I'm doing is we're talking about this stuff as new things come up every week. So usually sharing, talking about new things, new problems and uh we generally take topics, problems that our customers are facing, share the solutions or, or or how we're navigating those solutions on the podcast. So it's fairly technical. I do sprinkle in some CRO insights like how to use GA4. Here's a couple of examples of some funnels we've created that you might uh, be able to leverage. But yeah, that's the it's conversion tracking playbook podcast. So if you're into it, you'd enjoy it.
0: Absolutely. We'll make sure to link to that in the show notes. Is there anything that I didn't ask you about today that you think would resonate with our audience?
1: I would say The one thing that I would just share something that we see with everything that's going on with privacy, attribution, et cetera, that we are seeing a heightened focus on on CRO. So it's if we all know what's going on with just rising costs across the board. So what is something that we can have more control over? And it's the user experience. It's how can I better convert and or increase average order value for my existing traffic on site? So, that is where we see just a bigger focus on okay, we're going to let Facebook and kind of do its thing. We're going to focus on CRO, user experience, testing, iterating, making sure that we are maximizing the value out of our existing traffic. I don't know if you want to double tap on that, but.
0: Absolutely. The number one way to increase your return on ad spend is to make your website experience better.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I promise me and Brad didn't talk beforehand about this, but that's what we do at the agency. So if you're interested in that <laughs> stuff, please reach out. There's a, an ad will come up in like 30 seconds yeah. after we're done with this thing. If you want to kind of talk to Electric Eye about that kind of stuff. Uh, Brad, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Where do people go to check out the product?
1: Uh, just get L-O-V-R.com. G-E-T-E-L-E-V as in Victor. a Awesome. Or on the App Store. Shopify App Store.
0: Thank you so much for coming on the show today.
1: All right. Thanks, Chase.
0: Alright. I can't thank our guests enough for coming on the show and sharing their knowledge and journey with us. We've got a lot to think about and potentially add into our own business. You can find all the links in the show notes. Make sure you head over to honestecommerce.co to check out all of the other amazing content that we have. Make sure you subscribe, leave a review. And obviously, if you're thinking about growing your business, check out our agency at electriceye.io. Until next time.